What's up, Heard That Nation, listening in the United States and around the world? This is the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. I am your girl, Marisa. And today, I am excited to have this gentleman on. When I am on Twitter or anywhere on social media and there's some sport event or some breaking news going on, I definitely can rely on him uh, to let me know because he is in the know, in the know, in the know when it comes to different things with sports and that sort of thing. He is a native out of Detroit. We ironically must have called each other tele, uh, you know, mentally because we're both rocking uh, the greatest team. Okay, well, they had some great pieces to it, but Detroit, yeah. because we got to give a shout out to our boy, Calvin Johnson, who is getting into the Hall of Fame. Uh, yes. Now living in Atlanta, he has an amazing podcast. Uh, he's co-host of a podcast, Divided, which we will talk about on this show. He is in my world. I don't understand why the PGA hasn't called him yet, but he is a golf pro in my world as well <laughs> as a game show celebrity. I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, I've heard that nation. You're going to want his autograph by the time you're um, done talking today. Don Thomas, welcome to the podcast. Oh, Marisa, thank you so much for having me. Happy to be on and uh, you just have a very distinguished podcast. And um, one thing about you is that I, I appreciate is you're everyone's biggest fan. Everyone who's had a, something great happen for them, you're always congratulating them. And um, yeah, you're everyone's biggest cheerleader. You like everybody. It's not just me, mine, and no more. It's everybody. So that's, that's a great quality that you have. And I'm really blessed to be on the show. So thank you so much for inviting me and having me on. Thank you. I like to see people win, especially, you know, yep. those that had went through so much endurance and and you know through their life and especially yeah. now we're still we're 11 months into this pandemic and everything and so it's oh, good yeah. to have people have some great things happen to them and that and that's what i like to cheer for so with you and us rocking the 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 great yeah. city of detroit the great state of michigan the mitten <laughs> smitten with the mitten uh yeah. the weather there doing what it does i don't miss it i'm in texas now but it's you know cold here as well What's your memories you got of uh, growing up in Detroit? Um, they're good ones. Um, just uh, my father um, was a um, my father was kind of a, a community activist, but also he was um, the economic and development aide for Senator Carl Levin, mm -hmm. who was Michigan's long longest serving senator in history mm -hmm. in the U.S. Senate. So my dad was you know back and forth out of town, but always going to some event, always dressed to the nines. You know, and, and I wanted to dress like him. So I'm four years old, putting on my suit, headed to these campaign events. Campaign was actually one of the first words I learned. Um, <laughs> so, <awesome. laughs> yeah. So my dad was a big, um, he was very, he loved Detroit, loved the community, mm -hmm. um, did a lot to help bring back money, funds to Michigan to help communities that, that needed it the most. Mm -hmm. um, also, he was a, um, he was a huge sports fan. I uh, love the Detroit Tigers. Al Kaline was his favorite player. So my brother and I are a year apart. So my dad took us to Tiger games. He took us up from school early, take us to the games. Um, but also he loved that. But also he loved to golf. And that's mm -hmm. where I get my golfing from now. Um, I play, so I've been, I played golf starting out when I basically could walk. And as soon as we could hit the ball straight, like four years old, he took us on the course with him. <laughs> Um, so that's, I, I, I gave up, I, I gave up golf back when I was, um, back when I was 13 years old to focus on baseball, which I played through college. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yes, that, so those different things, it was very positive memories. My mom, um, 
my, my mother was a was an entrepreneur businesswoman. Um, we we actually owned a little Caesars in Detroit Metropolitan Airport growing up in the Northwest Airlines terminal oh, back. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, the old terminal. And, and of course, um, National Pizza Day, so you know that's appropriate. Of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, I grew up around pizza. Um, so yeah, so Mike Illich, the owner of the, of course, the founder of Little Caesars. Um, and of course, owns the Tigers and own the Tigers and Red Wings as well. Now he's passed, and now the family mm-hmm. owns it. Um, I remember we were invited to his Christmas party when I was six years old at, at Joe Louis Arena, and he actually gave me and my brother a our first Nerf guns. What? Mike Evans did. Yep, he did, and um, that was fun, and it was great because my mom. Let, it was like it was a weeknight. And it was like probably 11, 11 p.m., something like something crazy, real late. But my mom let us actually play with the Nerf guns when we got home. So I do remember, I remember that day very well. Um, so, yeah, so very positive memories. Lots of, you know, played sports, attended sporting events. Um, of course, remember the winter. Of course, always doing something, basketball in the winter, um, baseball, you know, baseball in the spring and summertime, mm-hmm. football in the fall. Oh, uh, yeah, it's great memories of Michigan. It'll always be home to me. Um, yeah, so – Yep. And I, and I stayed in Michigan till I was 14 years old. And then we mm-hmm. actually moved to San Antonio, Texas, you know, oh, wow. about five hours okay. south of where you are. Yep. Yeah. How long did you live in San Antonio? I lived in San Antonio um, all four years of high school okay. um, and went to high school there. Um, San Antonio, loved, it was a big culture shock moving from Detroit to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Huge culture shock. Um, a lot of people, they love their football. They love and they love their Tex-Mex food this whole and, the, and cowboy garb. Yes, and mm-hmm. um, and football. And you know, I, I caught on with a really good high school football team and made the team. And by my sophomore year, I was starting. I'm on the defensive line, and mm-hmm. my team won the state championship um, back in my sophomore year, which was a thrill to win a Texas state championship. Nice. Um, we played at Baylor. You know. So, which was a really exciting event as well there. And um, yeah, just played baseball, which was great to play, but got to play baseball longer and more because it's warmer. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so just kept going there, but it was, it was a really good experience, a really good time, great people, great food. The only draw, the big drawback living there was the Pistons were actually really good back then. And so were the Spurs. Yeah. And, they, and it is a, and San Antonio was a Spurs town. Mm-hmm. And the pit, the, so my first year when I lived there, the, the Spurs won the title. Mm-hmm. The second year, the Pistons won. And so that full year, I was braggadocious. I, I was so happy. And then my third year, right before my senior high school, the Pistons and Spurs played in the finals. Yeah. And the Pistons lost in the game seven and when I got back to school, it still hurts. It still oh, hurts because I remember watching that. I'm just, oh. Yeah, you, you should have, yeah, my phone got blown up. Like, I mean, I, got, I had to turn my phone off, got all these voicemails. And then when I got, when I got back to school, because we didn't have, I don't think, I wasn't on MySpace or anything like that back then. So when we got to, when we got back to school for my senior year, mm-hmm. um, everybody was waiting for me to let me know. <laughs> how they felt and how, yeah, the pit. So it was, it was a very lonely summer. I know but, it was. Uh, it was very lonely. Then everywhere you go, they got billboards yeah. in 2005 NBA champ. It was, it was a, it was brutal. It was See, brutal. The thing that I applaud about you and so many other people that I've talked to on social media, as well as some people on this show is that even though this show team, they have lost, you don't switch teams and too many of them have been bailing out 
and, and going and switching teams because their team lost and everything else. They ain't no dedicated fans. And I'm like, listen, you ain't the one for me. I ain't trying to holler at you. Because if you nope. don't go and like flip-flop teams and everything else, you're not a fan. Nope, absolutely not. Yep. Yeah, that's why we're wearing lion stuff right now. That's right. That's yeah. right. So give me a perspective because you were there in Detroit. You said you uh, went to Tigers games, you know, and, and Lions games and everything else. When did you start falling in love with the University of Michigan? Um, it's been like really the same time uh, my mm -hmm. whole life. And um, my dad, going back to my dad again, uh, my dad graduated from the University of Michigan in the early 70s. Um, and when he was there, he actually um, was one of the one of the main organizers of what was called the Black Action Movement okay. on the Michigan's campus because there were a lot of uh, the black students were being mistreated and, and underrepresented um, in the classroom and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so my dad organized, you know, organized rallies and sit-ins um, in order to um, bring attention to this issue and I guess bring a negotiation ploy. And it actually, back in 1970, shut the campus down for 14 days until the president of the university at the time um, agreed to their demands. So my dad, that's my, his legacy. He loved Michigan. Um, he graduated from, um, he graduated in 72. And my grandmother told me this, you know, my, my father passed in 96. So I didn't get mm -hmm. a lot of questions. I didn't get to ask him. Um, but my grandmother told me um, he graduated. And after graduation, my dad met Bo Schembechler. Oh, wow. And Bo Schembechler, made a um Bo Schembechler like gave my dad some really encouraging words on moving forward with his life mm -hmm. and it really and it, and it stuck with him throughout his life and my mm -hmm. grandmother remembered that and she actually told me that the day that Bo Schembechler passed away um wow. back in 2006 she told mm -hmm. me you know and um it was just a yeah so I mean, so basically that's where Mich my love for Michigan comes from my dad um, took us to Ann Arbor to visit his friends and walk around the campus. And mm -hmm. um, he, and so I remember asking my father at four years old, when we're on the Michigan's campus. I was like, daddy, what about Michigan state? And my dad said, don't you ever say those words ever again. Smart man. Smart <laughs> so, man. so that's how, that's how my, my love for Michigan came from, from that. And, um, uh, and so of course, moving away, and moving away from Michigan made my love for the University of Michigan that much stronger same. and that much brighter. Mm -hmm. and, and so I rep Michigan. And in that same year, Michigan, the Pistons lost to the Spurs in the finals. Michigan lost to Texas in the Rose Bowl on the last second field goal. Yep. So that was rough too that, because that was I a double whammy for you being there in Texas. Yes. <laughs> yes. This within six months, both those things happened. And and I could, and both of them were really close losses yep. where I could have, where it goes one bounce one way, one bounce another way. Mm -hmm. I got full bragging rights that whole year and they would not, and they would have kept it. They would have heard me all year. I might've, <laughs> you know, I might've gotten jumped. I know that's right. Cause I, I, cause I love my team, man. I, I love them. Right. Well, we've had some greats come out of Michigan, especially Michigan football, not so much yes. as of late, unfortunately, which we'll go into that in a moment, but yeah. we got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, both you and I, I think you and I talked through it and Nate Lewis and um, Aunt Wright yeah. and, and so many other people of the Super Bowl that we partook in, the greatest quarterback, and I don't care, nobody better not even come at me with it because I saw your nope. folks on there and I co-signed every single thing that you said. The greatest QB there in the history of the NFL, the National Football League. 
Tom Brady winning his seventh ring with a 31 to nine victory with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers house. Someone, I just basically said to somebody, I was like, he is like basically the curious case of Benjamin Button in the NFL uniform, just ageless and in, 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 at 43. And it's just like every single year, I, I asked myself, I'm like, this man is in his prime. No, this man is in his prime this year. Nope, next season. The man is in his prime this year. And I'm just, just floored that he came upon this organization, got Rob Gronkowski. They added the key pieces uh, onto that team, added Antonio Brown and Bruce Arians. I mean, just shout out to him winning his first Super Bowl ring as a head coach. That whole organization, that diverse organization, shout out to him again. Uh, Todd Bowles, uh, Byron Leftwich, uh, two female coaches he had on there, the first coach, female coaches to win a Super Bowl ring. Um, but back to Tom Brady, he's <laughs> just both, I think him and Mahomes threw for over 200 yards. Just the difference was Tom Brady scored, Patrick Mahomes didn't. Just Harrison Butker was basically their go-to guy of their whole entire game. And, and Mahomes tried to keep him in there. I mean, just some wicked throws like just some crazy throws off of his foot, sideways throws and everything else falling to the turf, just as receivers couldn't even doggone catch. Like if all of them had butter on their hands for some reason, but Tom Brady, man, give your thoughts about the game and what you saw from your perspective and, and just basically for everyone that's listening to this, please remind the folk why he is the greatest. Um, what makes him great is not necessarily his, just raw physical ability and everyone and a lot of people get stuck on that well yeah. he doesn't have the strongest arm he's not the, he's not fast i could beat him in a race oh, and and he you know he doesn't in the combine he, he didn't run well i mean no not at all back to it yeah yeah but one thing the combine doesn't measure is the size of someone's heart and that's one thing he has he's got a lot of heart mm -hmm. he he's a student of the game he works hard he takes care of his body um basically you know that's that's really why he he looks better at 43 than he did at 23 i agree um and i agree he, with that yeah and he's i mean he's continuing just to develop he's a student of the game but what makes him what's what makes him just the great that he is is his ability to galvanize a group of people and make them believe and help and have them elevate their game Mm -hmm. You know, that he, he instills confidence because he, he's so consistent and he's so confident. He's going to make plays. And the thing about it is in those big moments, in those moments where in those moments where the rubber meets the road and those moments where, you know, the game's being decided, it comes down to poise mm -hmm. and control. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing Brady has, you know, Mahomes, I mean, God bless him. You know, he had a great, he had a, he's a great player, had a great run. He had a his offensive line falter, which that doesn't help Shout anybody. Shout out to that Bucks defense. They're not getting a lot yes. of credit, and we're seeing the MVP, except for Von Miller broke the trend. But basically kind of like the Heisman, the MVP has been going to quarterbacks. Yeah. But if they could, I mean, every single one of those players on the Buccaneers defense should have been MVP, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they just, they just worked that whole entire offense like nobody's business, played a, a whole caliber level, and in my opinion – the best that I've seen them play all season. Oh, of course. And they, they, they brought, they turned up the heat. Our former line, the Nava Kung Su, Levante David did an outstanding job covering Kelsey, mm -hmm. um, who their tight end. Um, they, what they did was what the, um, 
what the Buccaneers did on defense was the exact same thing that um, that that Bill Belichick did back in back in the nineteen I think it was 90, 91 Super Bowl against the the Bills, where basically they stopped that K gun offense led by Jim Kelly. They put at two down linemen, a bunch of line, and then everybody else is a linebacker or a safety or a mm-hmm. cornerback. And basically, we're going. Hey, if you you can run as much as you want to, and you know five seven yards, get as much as that you want to. But what they did was they took away Kansas City's ability for the quick strike, which is what they are, which which is what they are known for is that quick. Like you know, all of a sudden, five seven steps from Mahomes, yeah. and just a quick flick of the wrist to Tyreek Hill, fifty yards downfield. Mm-hmm. Catch. That, that's that that's why they flourish and that's, that's how they thrive is those big plays yeah. and what the Buccaneers did they took away the big plays they made them earn those chunk they made them earn every little inch they had mm-hmm. and then they just they frustrated them and you just and as after as the game went along you just saw the Chiefs lose their composure mm-hmm. and yeah and that they was didn't it have an answer and I was thinking maybe they come into the second half and it'd be closer I really wanted mm-hmm. a close game I didn't think that it would give this would be so one-sided as it was and I was like okay we've seen this before where Atlanta you know that that game the way they play, played the then Tom Brady Patriots and they had this huge lead and I'm like surely they're gonna keep this lead and not blow it well, somebody and a team came out in the second half and just completely changed the whole entire dynamic of the game. And I thought that maybe the Chiefs would do the same thing. But it's just like whatever answer that he that Mahomes tried to pull out of the bag and, and everything else. I mean, nobody, which was amazing, Don, nobody scored in the fourth quarter. Yep. No one. You know, so, I mean, it was three in the first, three in the second, three in the third, and just nothing. You know, so they didn't have an answer for or for Tom Brady and everything else, which brought up the question, and I saw it on social media. Somebody had brought up, and I think I saw it on uh, First Take or um, uh, Undisputed because Skip was running around with a Tom Brady jersey on. Who, yeah. That he's a flip-flopper, too. He'll be like Cowboys one minute and then hate Cowboys and then go to Tom Brady. But the debate and the question was, is Tom Brady the – the GOAT of all time in all sports. I say emphatic um, no, but what do you Yeah, think? yeah, and I, I disagree as well. Um, I think, and I, I kind of have it on, di- on like different rungs. Mm-hmm. Best athlete of all sports, no. I, I, I mean, I think he's, I think he's on the outer fringes of that discussion, not, mm-hmm. uh, not among, because you've got Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. you've got Pele, mm-hmm. you've got, um, Michael Phelps, mm-hmm. you've got Simone Biles, you've got mm-hmm. so many, and Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. You have so many um, people from individual sports and also sports that are that are done like worldwide, like greatest athlete of all time in team sports, in my opinion, that's the second rung, is Pele. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pele took over for decades the world's most, out and away the world's most popular sport, which is football or, you know, world football or soccer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he took over it and he dominated. He took, you know, basically and really changed the, he changed the whole game of soccer for the whole world with the way that, with the way and style in which Brazil played. Mm-hmm. Cause they, cause they just really brought the flavor to it mm-hmm. and they, they couldn't stop it. So he, he changed the game in that way. So I think Pele's up there with the you know, greatest athletes ever, like in team sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Brady's is somewhere in, somewhere in that area. Um, greatest athlete in American team sports, you can make the argument. 
you know, you can make the argument because it's, it's, it's between, you know, I'd say Barry Bonds, baseball, Michael Jordan, LeBron is creeping up there with basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, Wayne Gretzky with, or Gordy Howe with hockey. Of course, yeah. I'm Gordy Howe because I'm Detroit, you yeah. know, so I'm kind of biased in that way. Um, and then you've got, um, and then you, you've got Tom Brady. So you can make that argument with those guys that Tom, what Tom Brady has done mm-hmm. with seven Super Bowls with two different teams over the course of three decades. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's just remarkable. And, um, but what I will say, greatest football, play, greatest American football player of all time and greatest quarterback of all time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because you got to ask yourself yeah. what football, what American football, but I'm not talking about just raw ability because there are great players who had freakish ability and did amazing things in their career, mm-hmm. you know, but what player lifted his team to the heights he lifted his team to as many times as he did and as many times and as many places and over the course of three decades, Mm -hmm. there's no one that's been able to do that. Here's the thing, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before Brady came third, they missed the playoffs in 13 straight seasons. They sure did. And when he came, and until those years, they were under the they were they had a losing record for ten of those thirteen years. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady comes in one year, they go eleven and five, and they win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. As a number 40, five seed, as a number yes. five seed at forty three years young, yeah, and had to beat Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers at mm-hmm. forty three years old. And neither one of them are slouches. You got. No, I mean Drew Brees, in my opinion, and you know, and he hasn't announced it yet. If he retires, I mean, he's first ballot. That's mm. a done deal. That's a that's a done totally. deal. That's a done deal. Aaron totally. Rodgers, thirty-seven years old, going to be thirty-eight later on this year. He hasn't decided yet what's going on with Green Bay. I think they got a phenomenal coach. They do need some key pieces up there on on the defensive side. You know, we'll decide. They'll have to decide on that when the draft comes around and everything else. Yes. But him too, he first ballot, hands down. And congrats to him on winning MVP. Well deserved, yes. hands down uh, on that aspect. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is going to remember this game and going to replay this game over and over and over in his mind. And he is that type of person that he is. Uh, uh, he does very well with preparation, and so he's going to replay this over and over again. And he will win another ring. Question multiple, no, multiple yeah. rings. Okay. And the crazy part is, if if, if Brady had, if Brady had retired. After his fifth one against the Falcons, mm-hmm. if he had retired, I think Mahomes may have won three in a row. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I said that to somebody that was talking about that, and it was just like a whole heated debate about how many he would have won if um, Brady would have stepped aside and, you know, went off and retired. Oh, I, two I minimum. Two least. minimum. At least. At least two, and 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 so yeah, so Patrick is behind, you know, is is kind of behind from a standpoint of being the goat, mm-hmm. but at the same time, being the goat is that's hard to do. But he's, I think he's going to win multiple Super Bowls. He's, I think he's going to break every NFL passing record. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, so yeah, but I think he'll be top five, top three by the time he's done if he continues on this pace and and stays healthy, in my mm-hmm. opinion. We wish we can have some, you know, more of that great talent coming out of Michigan. And with the past several seasons under Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, you know, like I said, your posts and so many other Michigan fans, like, I mean, loyal fans, loyal, reasonable fans that can back yeah. up their, their reasonability. And you're one of the ones that can. 
coming off of a two and four season. I mean, COVID impacted, had to, yeah. you know, cancel, yeah. vote, cancel the season, everything else. I did not like how the whole Big Ten powers that be, Kevin Warren, and how he did all that with the, we're going to play, we're not going to play, we are going to play, but we can't make up games if we postpone them. You know, I think the, you brought up a very valid point on your post during the, the, the college season that we got to remember these kids are, and the students are basically students that are not getting paid. Basically, they're essential workers in uniforms, whether they're in football, soccer, swimming, or whatever, you know, fall and going into the winter sports that was happening. Yeah. They are, they, they're not getting paid for what they do. And so many people yeah. did not understand that going into the, the fall season. So great for us to have live sports, but also frustrating yeah, too is. because of everything that was going on. And now we're looking at a revamped coaching staff. I mean, you still got Harbaugh there. They got a contract extension. Everybody that I know that knows me, that knows I'm a Michigan fan, I heard the butt of the jokes and everything else. The Spartans celebrating their one little win that they got with us with Mel Tucker coming in <laughs> on our first season. Whatever, enjoy it. Y'all couldn't do any better during the rest of your season anyways, but who knows. But now with you know, key notable pieces that we got coming in, I mean, welcome back to Michigan, Mike Hart. Uh, running backs coach. Uh, you got Sherman Moore that's going to be the co-OC. Uh, yeah. Jay Harbaugh that's going to be the uh, special, team. special teams coordinator tight end. You know, Gad is still on OC. We lose Don Brown, which in my opinion, and I would love to hear yours. It should have been long overdue for him to be gone. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Ron Warner off the O-line. So what I want is a two-part, the answer this two-part how do you think uh, with this new format and this new coaching staff we're going to do? And I'm so grateful for you and Nate Lewis and Ant and everybody that was on top of the National Signing Day to see ESPN and other outlets give Michigan a shout out for their the, the signing day and how well that they did uh, was huge. So share your thoughts about that as well. Yeah. Um. I think, I mean, the season was a rough one. Um, COVID impact, obviously, as well. So mm-hmm. you can't get too, can't, you really, you got to stay in the middle. You can't get too high, can't get too low off of it. Um, and also you had you had 15 brand new starters out of the 22. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with, with no spring, they had no spring practice, no fall camp, no nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and also no spring practice, no fall camp, and no non-conference schedule. So basically, you have a brand new batch of kids being inserted directly into conference play. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. So, so I will give, I will give Harbaugh a break at the same time. I think these, these coaching moves are going, are good ones because Michigan needed, Michigan needed youth. They needed youth. They need fresh idea. Cause one thing with one handicap that Michigan has is Michigan can get very traditional Mm-hmm. And the the and in college football with how rapidly it's changing, it's changed all over the last five years. Right. Um. Just with with the way that with how recruiting is done and the impact of Twitter, you have to be able to adapt with it. The worst thing you can do, the worst thing you can say right now as a college football coach is this is how we've always done it. Because mm-hmm. the thing about it is Michigan, it's not 1985 anymore. You can't recruit the same way you did back then. Right. You know, it's it, everything is very different. And Michigan, what they uh, to their credit, they went out and brought in coaches that are younger. You know, they're all they're on my age, a little bit, a little older. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they're they they've been around the program. They're 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 in touch with the, the kids of today and they can can and can better relate to them. And I think it's a very successful thing because 
Jim, um, I've been around Jim um, I'm, and I'm close with those who are close with him. Mm-hmm. Jim's a very unique character to a point where it's, it's important. He, he's weird. He, he's, 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 a nice, he's a really loving person and caring person, mm-hmm. but he can be very rigid and very cold and it can seemingly cold at times. Mm-hmm. And so you need coaches that can be able to take his messaging in his meeting and be able to translate it into what he, this, this is what Jim's trying to convey. This right. is what he's trying to say. Cause a lot of times, you know, after a while, Jim can kind of wear on people mm-hmm. and it's important to realize that Jim's not a bad guy, an uncaring person. He's just different. And you have to be able to roll with that. Cause like I said, I mean, Jim, honestly, everyone is, is, is on Harbaugh's case, but with yeah. the way Michigan is set up as a university, and with how little, on the, in the grand scheme, how little control the athletic department and the football program has over who comes into school and what kind of players they get because of, the, because of different standards with the university and such, mm-hmm. they have very little power. And yeah. so, it's, so it's important for, for Michigan to have someone like a Jim Harbaugh that can kind of make chicken sell out of the chicken you know what, because you know, in other places, at, especially like a place like Alabama, Mm-hmm. Um, it, Nick Saban runs Alabama. Yeah, is Nick Saban athletic di- athletic director, school president? Yeah. That's the, that's the wrong. And at Michigan, yeah. Jim Harbaugh is way down on the totem pole, mm-hmm. and, and where you have less control and less influence over over day to day things, and, and that makes a difference. And so Michigan, I mean, I, I don't see Michigan changing anytime soon. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Michigan needs someone that can make the best out of this situation. He did that. He got younger, more youthful coaches. Uh, they had an excellent recruiting class. Um, after this, after this year, they got, they brought in a top 10 recruiting class, which is remarkable. And they addressed other needs mm-hmm. within the program. It, it's yeah, they're doing, this was, this was, they did, they did the necessary things to be able to, they did the necessary things to be able to get themselves ready to bounce back in for the 2021 season. So do you think that they get it done finally and we get that that weight off of our backs as fans, that weight off of their backs as the team, as coaches, and does Harbaugh score his, his win finally at home against the Buckeyes? That's a really tough question. Um, Ohio State is going to be – Ohio State has more high-level talent than Michigan. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State, that that is great as they as they they've been, and they won a national title years ago. They played the title game this year. They've won like five straight Big Ten championships. I lost count. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio State lives to beat Michigan. Yep. That is their lifeblood, and they they don't care how bad we are or good we are. They live to beat Michigan. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very difficult to do that this year. And it's going to be very difficult to do it in the foreseeable future. Just being real. But what Michigan has to do is Michigan is not going to just show up and bully them and just push them around and, and be better. And one It's not going to happen that because Michigan's playing catch up. And for other reasons with recruiting, Michigan gets a great class. Like Michigan, Michigan to get one five-star recruit. Ohio state will get six five-star recruits. And the grand scheme that makes a difference. Like, um, how do I say this? Ohio state has 
a large number of elite players. Mm-hmm. And they have a large number of elite, has a, has a large number of elite players, a medium, a medium number of good players, and a tiny, tiny, tiny number of, of, uh, of, of, of average players. Yeah. So a wide number of elite players, a good number of uh, a medium number of good players and a mm-hmm. tiny number of, of okay players. Michigan has a wide number of good players has, mm-hmm. has a, has a wide number of good players, a medium number of average players and a small number of elite players. So yeah. that's yeah. the difference. So they're on a different level. But what Michigan has to do is Michigan has to find a way to be better than them for 60 minutes. Yeah. And if you do that, if you find a way to be better for just 60 minutes mm-hmm. and get that win and, and eke it out, sneak it out, find a way just to get, get it win by one point, yeah. that changes everything. And then the ball starts to roll in a different direction. And we and we can work and strive toward things being more even from a talent standpoint. But right because mm-hmm. right now it's not. Yeah. That's not being negative, but it's just being real. So yeah. if Michigan loses next year. I mean, of course, we don't. The only thing is, we just don't want a five, four, five touchdown loss. That mm-hmm. that would be bad. Yeah. So play hard and just basically Michigan in the next, in the foreseeable future, Michigan is going to just have to find a way to be better than them for sixty minutes. Which was shocking to me because he played so well in the first game against Minnesota. And then yeah. for some reason, Joe Milton just mm-hmm. either either something didn't jive or connect or, I mean, you can see, and, and this is from my standpoint, just seeing the confidence in this young man, just uh-huh. take like the stock market, just just go down. Just went down. And I'm like, yeah. who is this young man? Where is the young man that we saw in the first week that was just like owning the Golden Gophers who I think that, we were supposed to be slight underdogs yeah. against them and then just went out there yeah. and did very well and then just went ghost the rest of the season. Yeah. And, you know, they had to, you know, put the backup in and he tried. Uh, we got one more win, but to just the rest of them, just some ridiculous losses. So my mm-hmm. concern is, you know, he Harbaugh is over the quarterbacks and everything else. And hopefully this, this season coming up, I just want to have a QB that's got that confidence, that's got it. Mm-hmm. Because as you stated, Ohio State, I've not seen in the past, what, five, six, seven years, Don, we have not seen a crappy quarterback come out of that, that team. Even their backups after, you know, yeah. like when JT Barrett went down. Yeah, yeah I remember Cardale, that. <laughs> Cardale White came in, and I'm just like. Yeah, that, that was that was Dwayne Haskins. I was at the game. Yeah, Dwayne it Haskins. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole just, game changed right the, then and there. Like the backups just are, are are elite as well, and then when that person, I mean, they just keep growing. Yeah. And like the, that previous backup, you know, beat somebody's record, and then they go and graduate or leave for the NFL, and then that backup that takes over and is now the starter, they break records, and it's just like a repeating cycle process. Whereas us, we're holding on, nervously pacing, going, "Oh my God, are they going to complete a pass? Are they going to run? Is he going to?" Uh, run the pocket is he gonna not you know throw an interception oh god can we get a w can somebody catch the ball please you know and it hasn't been enjoyable to watch because it's just been nerve-wracking yeah yeah and um with joe milton um the thing with joe 
is he's he's a very he's very talented. He's got great raw ability. Um, only thing with Joe is Joe when he came in, mm-hmm. he didn't have the two the two the, uh, the tutelage that many other quarterbacks have from training because mm-hmm. you got these quarterbacks, you know, seven, eight years old, got mm-hmm. a personal quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. That wasn't Joe. You yeah. know, Joe came from a different situation where he had, where Joe, there are things that he's had as over his time at Michigan, there are things he's had to pick up along the way at Michigan that a lot of quarterbacks pick up in middle school and high school. You know, so Joe, in that standpoint, but he's trying, he's working hard. Um, with the Minnesota game this year, um, Minnesota was without a number of their starters, mm-hmm. um, number one, which take it with a grain of salt. And mi- so Michigan had a much easier time where they were able to really run the ball whenever they wanted to mm-hmm. against Michigan State. And going forward, Michigan wasn't able to run the ball as much as they wanted to. And so there was a lot more given to that Minnesota when there should have been given. And so, and then they did, and I, I just don't believe that they took Michigan state as seriously as they needed to. Yeah. And, I and, agree. and Michigan state and the thing is there's no excuse, Michigan state came out and they, my, my, my mistake, Michigan state came out and they kicked our behinds. Yeah. Simple as that. There was not a fluke. It was not a, they came out, they were the better team that day. They mm-hmm. did the, the things that they were supposed to do. Um, but what Michigan's got to do going forward, Michigan has to re- t- revamp and retool the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Don Brown w- did a great job in his time, but the issue with Don Brown is Don Brown did not have the cornerback nor the defensive line to which his system could work. Correct. And so you have to bring in some, you have to bring in someone else to put in a system that can kind of cater to what's mm-hmm. already there with Michigan right now and go from there. So, yeah, it, like I said, take it with a grain of salt. It's over. It happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, so this year um, there should be, it should be a little bit more normal this year um, with spring ball. Hopefully nothing crazy happens with COVID. Yeah. Um, and, and then have a, Finally have a, have a full season. functional season. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I think Michigan will look a lot better this year. I don't have a, I don't have a prediction right mm-hmm. now. Um, but they look better. But I think the guy to look out for is um, to just take the starting job, um, not take it, but but a guy to look out for is freshman JJ McCarty. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 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 the it guy. He's got the it factor. Um, he's someone that can come in and 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 really make a strong case to start as a freshman. We'll see. Okay, well, they're going to be exciting to watch, and a team that's exciting to watch right now, and hopefully we resume on Valentine's Day is the Michigan basketball team. Yes. Um, I said it, and I said it at the beginning. Uh, and I stick by it. I think that Coach Howard will be Coach of the Year. That's just me, Big Ten Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. I think he's absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. Um, you know, unfortunately, with the pandemic, we had to postpone. Well, they had to postpone all three games, well, two or three games, and then they're on the road at Wisconsin uh, for their next game. So, with their thirteen and one record, I'm excited to see how they're going to resume. I'm also nervous to see how they're going to resume because I believe their next three games they got, they're going against a 14 and six Wisconsin team. And then they face Rutgers, who's doing very well. Ohio State, who's just right now sitting at number four. We're sitting at number three. And then Indiana's 10 and eight. And finally, I appreciate the media giving the Big Ten some respect because this is a loaded conference. And I know we got, you know, a couple of the, the teams right now that don't, haven't gotten a win 
yet in their, in their conference. But overall, this conference looks strong. It is anybody's game. I mean, we saw it the other night with Indiana pulling an upset over Iowa. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they played like they had nothing to lose. Yeah. You, see it, you know, seeing Spartans, who's always that team that is always in there and, and doing very well, they're not in the top 25. They're finding, they're trying to find out their identity and find out yeah. who they are and yeah. everything. So with that being said, I'm excited for them to resume. I'm, ner- I'm nervous about them to resume. I know the media is going to sit there and say things about, you know, Michigan having this break, you know, not break, but unfortunate because of the, you know, COVID and everything, having this time off, how well they're going to do on the road against Wisconsin, who is a fairly good team. I mean, we can't let the 14 and six record fool us. You know what I'm saying? Not at all. How do you think they're going to do? Are they going to pick up where they left off? Or do you see, you know, the next games that I just said, do you see any of these games being a huge challenge for them? Um, it's going to be a challenge regardless because there's not, I mean, uh, as an athlete going back, there's nothing like getting in game shape. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to have to get their, their win back. And their only way to do that is to actually play games. Um, so I think it's, I think they're using this week of practice to kind of get their timing back and all that. Um, they've had meetings over the last two weeks via zoom to kind of stay engaged um, and stay mentally. Cause, cause really, you know, sports is 90% up here. So yeah. So stay mentally engaged, do, you know, and hopefully all of them did their workouts on their own and, 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 and kind of got the cardio in. And um, so it's going to be, it's going to take, I think it's going to take them a couple of weeks to get themselves back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, um, as well as Michigan, this could be a blessing in disguise as well, because as well as Michigan was playing, they were starting to really peak and play their best basketball in mid-January, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, I I agree with that. I agree with that because people thought that they were playing their best game before January. And I said, I don't think we've seen their full, I don't want to say potential, but what you said, like their peak yet. We haven't seen that yet. And we saw it. I I mean, I agree with you. I saw it in January. It just so impressed with this, the starting five. I mean, Hunter Dickinson, it just blows my mind. He's a freshman. Yeah. Yeah, and um, that, yeah, he's a freshman. He's been huge, and I, I didn't expect him to be contributing this way. But you know, Coach Howard is a master uh, post coach, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, it's a master class of playing oh, yeah. the post. And I think he he'll. I think Hunter Dickinson's doing a great job. I think he's, and then of course having Austin Davis behind him, big yes. country, be able yes. to back him up, and I, mean, I think Shondi Brown and oh uh, yeah, Eli yeah. Brooks and, and yes. this whole team and how these guys have just gelled together, yes. whether they're a starter or not. And then I just think that, you know, Coach Howard's kid, Jace, is going to, you know, he, he I see him on, like, when the camera hits him and, and shows him, he's mentally taking those those notes. And, you know, oh, yeah. Like, I just, people need to not take for granted, yeah, he's the coach's son and everything else, but I just think over time he's going to be contributing more, getting yes. those more and more of those minutes. Uh, I'm oh, so excited yeah. of who we have coming in as as far as the class and the people that we that, that Michigan has signed. I mean, I mean, overall, Don, I'm just excited about this team now and where it's going. Yeah, and the best part about them is um, they. The key thing about a basketball team, especially in college basketball, is being able to know your role. Each mm-hmm. and every one of these kids know their role. They know 
They know who to they know who to step in. You know what they're supposed to do. You know there are no big guys or little use. Yeah. Everybody's embraced who they are, and whether they get ten minutes or thirty minutes, they they're engaged. And one thing that they will is they are committed to the defensive end of the floor, mm-hmm. and they they guard like there's no tomorrow. And I think that it's just Huge. that is entirely impressive. And at the end of the day, defense is what's gonna is what's gonna bring it home. Mm-hmm. And the good news about the break is they'll be able to get themselves back. And by the time March, come, March comes around, they'll be kind of trending back into the form that they were in mm-hmm. and playing their best back. Cause you want to play your best basketball going into the tournament, Agreed. not necessarily in, in January, or early February, but February leading into March, you just want to, you want to be playing your best ball. And so that way you get a running head start in that tournament. Cause 40 minutes is all you get is all you're guaranteed mm-hmm. every week. It's 40 minutes. And if you don't win, Sayonara, season's over. Right, right. I, 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 hope, I so agree with you on that. And it's just exciting to see where they're going to do for the rest of the season and then going into the Big Ten tournament. And it, did you see that it got moved? I think it got moved. What, it got moved to Chicago or something like that? Got moved from Chicago, Chicago to, Indiana. to Indianapolis. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's a good move. And I believe our guys will be ready uh, as far as that. So I'm looking forward to all of that as well as It'd be really great because I, maybe, you know, when is, I don't think ever the Michigan has ever been a number one seed in, in, in their, um, in the tournament. Have they not? I believe they have in the past. I'm not sure. I don't have the, the statistic. Yeah, I was trying to think of when we won it in 88. Uh, it was three seed, we were three seed in 89. We were three, three seed. In 89. Yeah. So I was just trying to see, you know, if the, you know, season ended today and everything else for sure, there would be a number one seed lock in that. I, that, that's exciting. I don't think that any time, and I, I have to do research on that because I was trying to look that up uh, and see if they ever been a number one seed, but they're, they're looking good on their way to being that. And so a team that I hope that is going to look good and we're rocking it today because, you know, our guy Calvin Johnson is in the hall officially and it's a really good class. Uh, go Lions, one pride uh, that's in there joining him, Peyton Manning. Drew Pearson, who is the kindest man, got to meet him, overdue, yeah. finally in the hall. The great Charles Woodson, number two forever, just, just lights out, Heisman Trophy winner. I'm glad he's in. Alan Fanica, finally, 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 finally. Very disappointed Clay Matthews Jr. is not, his name was not called. I think this was his final year uh, before, you know, he could get um, written in and so forth. I'm just really surprised that he's waited this long, but then again, Drew Pearson had to wait this long too. So yeah. um, kneecap season, hashtag kneecap season for our Lions. Uh, I, I'm excited about it. I, this is the first time, Don, in a long time that I'm actually excited about this coaching staff that's, that's coming on. Uh, I don't know if I should be this excited or no, if you I should, be. but <laughs> I, I I don't know. I just I have some kind of glimmer of hope. I I mean, as far as what we can do. I mean, Brad Holmes, you know, our GM, Dan Campbell, the head coach, uh, notables, Mark Brunel coming in as the QB's coach, Deuce Staley as assistant, head coach of running backs, Anthony Lynn, uh, head coach of the Chargers, and now he's going to contribute on OC Dan, Aaron Glenn at the DC, Don Capers, how we pulled that off. Uh, how they pull that off is absolutely amazing. Now he's going to be the senior defensive assistant. I have question marks, question marks, question marks surrounding the team. Um, starting with number nine, now going to the Rams, and now we have Jared Goff. 
Um, and of course, looking at the schedule that came out, and I'm sure you did as well. How oh, surprise, surprise, we play in LA and we play against our former quarterback, number nine, Matthew Stafford. Um, give me your thoughts as far as the coaching. Um, it sounds good. I mean, we've heard this all before from coaches. The coaches have been basically a Rolodex through the revolving door and going into the island of misfit coaches as in so many players that we've had that we've recruited um, onto our team. We sit at the number seventh pick. Give me your thought process on what they should be looking for and some more key pieces on actually how in a tough conference that we're in, you know, uh, Green Bay Packers, Bears, Minnesota, and then us always in the basement. How we can finally move forward out of that basement. What does the Lions need to do to get that team to get people talking, to get us fans somewhat hopeful uh, and actually be a contender in the postseason? What defense. Do they need? Defense. And they, they have to get the right pieces on defense because they don't have any high-level player on their defense right now. They've got – they're paying – you know, barely replacement level players, you know, they're paying them big name players money, player money. So that's going to have to, that's going to have to change. They're going to have to get some, some pieces in there, especially in the defensive backfield, defensive line. Um, they're going to have to, um, they're going to draft. Well, I think the, the Stafford trade was a necessary one. Mm -hmm. um, reason being is, you know, St Stafford was wasting away. Um, because the, because this team needs to rebuild because the Lions have have been very resistant to that. Um, you've got three you've got three draft picks and Jared Goff um, coming in as you know as well. And and the Jared Goff one it isn't really a straight up trade. He's someone that can get the job done. Mm -hmm. And if for some reason he he really he regains the form he had a couple of years ago, yep. it's a bonus. When they but took them he, to when he took them to the Super Bowl, yeah, exactly. But if he doesn't. After a year or two, you can you can cut them with no with no dead cap. So mm -hmm. it's so that's what they need, and and it seems like a good attitude. They've got they've made good hires. They they made good decisions, but it's going to come down you know, once again to who they draft, how they draft, who mm -hmm. they sign, how they sign, what kind of, and really building the roster back the way it needs to. And it's going to take a couple of years before we're in any kind of conversation. I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, it'd be surprised to us. And everybody in in you know one pride world, if some kind of miracle does happen and we just you know yeah. they go straight out the gate and become you know amazing contenders, that would be yeah. phenomenal. Absolutely, but, you know, I'm not putting all the eggs in that basket. You know, we haven't seen any kind of run from them except you know a couple of wild card games where they were there and then immediately you know been eliminated. So yeah. uh, I look forward to that. I mean, hopefully Dan Campbell and this team can back up the talk kneecap season and see what they yeah. can do. And, you know, they um, knock them down and get back up. A couple of players though, that I don't know if they're going to be staying on that team, Don, and give your thoughts about it. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. And Kenny Galladay, you haven't seen anything of them being signed or any kind of money. And it seems like that uh, Marvin wants to move. He wants to move with Stafford. Yeah, and I think that that the Mar and Marvin Jones is from California as well. Mm -hmm. So that you know from and from the Los Angeles area to to, to be, I believe. So going back there will be great for him um, to connect, and also the, the Joneses and Stanfords are really good friends. Mm -hmm. um, you know, their wives are like besties. And and um, Galladay, it's just it's it's going to come down to just dollars and dollars and cents, really. And does it yeah. and does he fit into the long term scheme? And can he is he someone? 
that can grow into what what you're doing and and is the and is the money that you're that he's going to demand is it worth for forking that out or do you let him go draft a receiver draft let him go draft a receiver and then build and use that money to build up the the defensive core because the, it's the defense mm-hmm. you brought I me mean, you brought in a he brought in the dudes from the Patriots who whose names I will not bring up and they just they, they destroyed the roster destroyed yes, it because yeah. it wasn't a bad situation when they didn't they didn't take over a bad situation they took over you know from Jim Caldwell that couldn't they just couldn't get over the hump mm-hmm. but and they they basically took a good situation and made it a bad situation and you saw in the yeah. locker room when we had what we got our first victory in first season when we were going oh and six and then finally got a win and you can see the locker room. You can see that every one of those players, they, some of them, and then one person that I will never forget his, his body language was Darius Slay. Like while MP was in there just talking and trying to amp up the team, he, he, he was just like looking around like, okay, sir, are you done? Like he checked out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they all did. And so mm-hmm. hopefully with this season coming up, I'm hopefully that Campbell can, you know, re- rejuvenate the locker room, bring the guys back to, to, to um, that vibe of, you know, we're here to do a job and to win and everything. And like you said, defense, defense, defense. Oh my gosh, please give us a defense. Yep. <laughs> give us a defense. You have an amazing podcast uh, that people need to hear about. And I'll let you talk about a podcast divided uh, with your friend Connor. And yep. it's about, you know, Michigan, uh, Don represents the greats great school in Michigan and kind of represents Michigan state. Uh, talk to the the listeners about your podcast, what it's all about. Yeah. Well, we're in my podcast. We call ourselves with a line of scrimmage between Michigan and Michigan state fans on the internet. So we are, um, we talk, we basically talk sports through the lens of Michigan and Michigan state fans, because in Michigan, anyone that grows up there, you know, Michigan and Michigan State is a very heated rivalry. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, we all, it's not like one state and another state. We all live in our surround, we all live and mixed in among each other. Yeah. Um, and it's a unique rivalry because, um, you know, Detroit's a very big, the Detroit, especially the Detroit area, is a very big pro sports town with all, with all four major sports teams. And so we cheer for all the same, you know, major sports teams, but from a standpoint of, college we hate each other so it's a very 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 unique relationship that 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 michigan and michigan state fans have we hate each other it's like a, it's a love-hate relationship mm-hmm. and it's really good having those conversations and bringing on uh, former players and coaches uh, and, and former and current coaches as well to come on and share their experiences of the rivalry and it's just it's just, it's a very deep-seated rivalry and it's always good to talk about it and hash it out talk some trash all that but it's it's a great one and of course we're on youtube a podcast divided same of our page and also we have a facebook page called a podcast divided too and we're on twitter and instagram as well so yeah check us out if you're a Michigan or Michigan State fan you know you the the podcast is the place for you a podcast mm-hmm. divided I like the conversation y'all had with Brian Lewarkey. Yeah, um, that that was a that was a good one as well as Ray Jackson of the yeah, Fat yeah. Five. Much fun, respect. Fun. Much respect. It's a great great podcast, and uh, I hope everybody does ch- uh, tune in and see what you got going on. As I said on the top of the show, you are a game show celebrity with <laughs> your brother Vince. Uh, Shout out to Vince! Happy belated birthday to your brother. Uh, they just celebrated yeah. a birthday. So share with the listeners what game show you were on. And uh, I mean, it looked like you two had an absolute blast. It was Shazam was the show? Uh, Beat Shazam. Beat Shazam. Um, 
Yes, the name of the show. Yeah, because it's about two years ago we were on the show. Um, and it was like I said, it was a, it was an experience of a lifetime. Jamie Foxx was the host and got to hang with him, and um, it was really like an out of body experience um, being on there, being on the stage, this, this TV lights. Because I've I've watched the season, mm-hmm. I've watched several, I've watched almost every episode they had, and now I'm on it. Like, oh my god, I'm actually on the show, uh-huh. and it was um, it was great. Um, getting to spend, just getting to spend time with Jamie Foxx and talk to him and, and pretend like I know him, which I didn't, but it was, I, I acted like it, you know, <laughs> and, um, and, but yeah, it was great comrade. We built camaraderie with the people that we competed against. Mm-hmm. Um, one team wasn't very happy, you know, they thought they were going to win and they, they didn't, we'll say that. Um, and, and they, they weren't the happiest, which I wouldn't have been, I'd have been pretty salty as well, yeah. if, I, if I didn't win. And then the team we finished with, um, you know, the two ladies that were best friends, we, we still keep in touch with them. And oh, that's awesome. And, yeah, they're like, they're, they're like sisters to, to us. They're from Maryland. Um, so when Michigan played Maryland back in 2019, I actually flew up to the for the game because one of the one of the one of the ladies husbands is a big Maryland fan. So we actually went to the game together. Nice. Of course, it was a very ugly game for him. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but so yeah, it's just a great relation, great relationship. And it's great, you know, people still talk about it and bring it up and say they watched it and how great we were. And but it was like I said, it was a really good time. And um, like I said, it's, it's, it'll, it'll always be something I did. And, and, and the longer, the more time passes between we time we did it, the crazy, like, I can't believe that actually happened. Right. So it, it's really cool. That is cool. What a cool experience. I, I just, I think you and your brother, the next game show that y'all should go on a supermarket suite. Cause I think that both of you and him would be just absolutely amazing. Just mm-hmm. both of y'all running up and down the aisles of the grocery stores and everything. I think that y'all would do well. That's just yeah. my two cents. So if you, you know, ponder upon it. I'll I'm think about saying. it. I'll think about it. <laughs> say, I would love to have y'all on there. Y'all would be good. <laughs> y'all would be absolutely good. Uh, you and I, before we even came uh, on the show, we were talking a little bit about, you know, just it's not even a, the the month of February is not even over yet. And we lost some some legends uh, yeah, in, in yeah. show business as well as legends in, in the sports world. And, you know, Martin, Leon Spinks, uh, Marty Schottenheimer, uh, you know, Screech, Dustin Diamond. The great, the great Cicely Tyson, which I wrote a piece on her that with marisa.com, I wrote a piece about her, uh, you know, just her book, Just As I Am, is phenomenal. And I hope everybody gets uh, the book of it. The auto, um, the auto book is phenomenal. Just hearing her voice, reading some of the chapters, just while I'm telling you about this, just chills, just absolute chills. Um, we lost some key journalists, Pedro Gomez, ESPN, you know, even though I never met him, but felt like he did when he did the reporting. You know, you get those journalists, you feel like you met them through their reporting and their friend and just, you know, suddenly. But the one that you and I talked about and you wrote some beautiful words about him was Hank Aaron. Yeah. Um, You know, a legend not just only on the field, but what he did off of the field and what he endured uh, as a black man playing uh, in the baseball, in, in Major League Baseball. Uh, I, I read the backstory of how many letters of hate mail that he got. Um, and Stephen A. Smith, I heard him talk about it on, on first take, that he got 3,000 letters a day of just hate mail. and. 
just how he personified through all of that racism and, 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 and people, you know, not appreciating the color of his skin with class and, and, and with dignity. So I want to hear from you. Uh, like I said, you wrote some really beautiful words about him. Um, and I just want you to share that with everybody. Yeah. Um, it was very, like I said, it's very sad. Um, that you know his passing because you know he's 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 a giant in our in our society in our country and in the sport of baseball. Um, he also happens to be family. Um, he's he's actually he's my my great granddad's first cousin, um, and my great grandfather Booker um, actually you know grew up in South Alabama, mm-hmm. um, and you know back you know over over a century ago. And he, um, and so what he would do is he actually played in the Negro leagues down in Alabama where he would actually hop the train from, you know, near Mobile and then go to Birmingham to play ball, you know, is what he used to do. And, um, and his little first cousin, Henry came later, uh, play the Negro leagues too. And so, and then, and then of course had well, one of the great careers of all time. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's in my book, he's still the home run champ. And, um, and so that, so growing up, my dad would tell me all about Hank Aaron and how we were related and, and such. And so as, as I, as my baseball career progressed, um, he, you know, Hank was kind of like a new star for me to, mm-hmm. to push through and got to college. And of course, you know, when I got there, I, I experienced, you know, some really ugly things as well. Um, but just knowing the strength and fortitude of my family and my legacy, I was able to get through those things. And, um, and it, it, I'm just very proud that I'm to be related to him. I wanted, I moved to Atlanta five years ago where he, where he lives and I have family here as well. The Aaron, uh, the Thomases and Aaron's are a very tight knit family. I attended the Thomas Aaron family reunion when I was six years old, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think it was, I was five or six. Um, mm-hmm. So very tight knit family. Um, but I, and I wanted to, I've got family, the Aaron's are here. I wanted to meet, to talk to them and, and catch up with them and and meet Hank I wanted to but I didn't push as hard as I needed to or wanted to I thought it was just going to happen organically mm-hmm. um it didn't um but 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 the, the thing about it is we are we are blood relatives and related and and I'm still part of you know his legacy even though we never I never got to spend any time with him which is I, re- I regret not pushing harder for that you mm-hmm. know um but but I'm grateful for his legacy and all the things that he did I, I am too and he's just paved the way for so many players of color yes, to, to have an opportunity to pursue their passions and their dreams in, in MLB. And I think beyond that as well of, you know, standing up for, you know, the, the, the call of civil rights and yes. um, just, just an overall to me, and will be as one of the heroes, one of the greats. Uh, yeah. of our time you know and that's so so great that you know you shared that story I, I truly do appreciate that as we start this year and I ask every single guest that I've had on here you know we had a crazy 2020 2021 it's not you know seeing we're seeing you know the pandemic still around games being shifted around postponed canceled and that sort of thing um you know, new administration that's in the White House and, and all of that. From your eyes, Don, and I ask this to every single guest, you know, what is your hope going into 2021? We, you know, we're halfway through February. We got a full year ahead. What is some hopes for you that you have for this year? Uh, personally, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, just uh, could, like I said, continue my career, grow the podcast, continue to get back in, in athletic shape. Um, <laughs> and um, that's the main thing, just uh, and really just just growing in family, growing in wisdom um, and, and really helping as many people as I can. Um, those are my hopes for this year. And and also another hope as well is that, you know, that we get enough of these vaccinations out for, you know, COVID-19 so we can return to normal. Mm -hmm. um, yesterday was actually a year since I've been to my last sporting event, you know, so I, I usually go all the time. So, oh, wow. It has been a year. Cause you go to, a, you went to a lot of events. Yeah, I did. And, um, wow, it's been a year. Yeah. Just, and I, and I didn't go this year just to stay safe and all mm -hmm. that. Um, but, um, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's another hope as well to be able to go back and, you know, hopefully there's, there's, there's some attendance at these, at these games. And so, uh, go to several Michigan games. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's what I love, that which I do every year. So look, looking forward to hopefully being able to do that this year. Yeah, I am too. I, I want to fly home and uh, see them play. And there's a couple of them that definitely want to meet up with a bunch of you all, you know, Ooh, yeah, and of have a good time uh, for sure, because I just love the crispness of the fall, the leaves changing yes. colors in football. Like that is just everything, even though I'm in a warmer state, still, you know, you can take the girl out of Michigan, but you can't take the Michigan out of the girls. So um, I, I am so thankful that you came onto this show. How can people still connect with you on your social media? Um, well, you can follow me on um, Twitter and Instagram at Donovan M. Thomas, Donovan, D-O-N-O-V-A-N-M, Tom M is in Mike. Thomas, um, there on um, both those platforms, and you can follow um, my my podcast. And it's at a podcast divided on Twitter. It's and good stuff, y'all. This podcast is good. Yeah, when we got we got some more, we have more great guests lined up for the rest of the year. So, um, yeah, definitely tune in. Um, we'd love to have you. Yes, this I, I'm excited. I want to be nosy to see who you got lined up for the rest of the year, but I'm going to be just like every other person who has been. Uh, watching y'all on YouTube and new ones that will subscribe. I'm going to wait because I know you're going to bring some good ones on there and I cannot wait to see who you have. So Don Thomas, thank you so much, my friend, for coming on the Heard That Podcast. Happy to be here, Marisa. Keep it going. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening today on the Heard That with Marisa Tidney Podcast. And as I always end the show, take care, stay safe. See y'all.